It's about to go down with Mark and Kathy, a live coaching show about dropping ideas. Mark and Kathy coach and have conversations with brilliant idea creators who are reimagining the world through the expression of their words, thoughts, and actions. It's about to go down, y'all. I'm Kathy Armias. And I'm Mark Williams. Mark Williams is an amazing speaker, world champion, speaker coach, and um, just amazing idea generator. And Kathy is a TED talker, a TED coach, a TED organizer, a persuasion and marketing expert, and she is a genius at what she does. And we have with us today, Carol Barris. She's awesome. Can't wait to dig in with her. She's the CEO. She's the founder of Story2. And her idea that we're going to talk about today, it really, you know, a lot of people talk about storytelling, but she unlocks, and oh, I can't wait for you to hear her talk, nuggets everywhere. She <laughs> unlocks the neuroscience of storytelling. And we get to the heart of like, storytelling is what connects us all and gives us this shared and lived experience. Carol, welcome to our It's About to Go Down web show or live coaching show. Um, you also do what we do, so we're, we love to be in the presence of somebody who thinks the way we do. Welcome. Thank you. It's not often you get to be with two geniuses at once, so I'm really, I'm oh. really touched to be here today. Thank you. Oh, no, that's three. Stop it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Or if it's two, it's Mark and you. That's what I'm going with. Uh, the <laughs> three, three, it's three. <laughs> so, Carol, I, you know, really quick, I uh, so a, a lot of people talk about storytelling, and of course, like storytelling is super critical. But you have a really cool story about how you say that story found you. I, I really wanna hear about that. Can you tell us all about that first so we can kind of get the premise of where your idea was born? Yes, so in the fall of 2008, when my middle daughter went to college and my younger daughter went to boarding school, I started going to work earlier and earlier and staying longer and longer. It's autumn, the days are getting shorter. So it's dark when I get there and it's dark when I leave. And um, I, I'm having trouble sleeping. And one day, really bright autumn day, the room started to spin so fast. That, like I thought I was gonna drill a hole in the ceiling. Like, it was just so much energy in my body. I didn't know what to do. And I, I waited till things settled down a little. I walked outside, called a friend who was a psychiatrist. He called me right back. And I went to see him that afternoon. And I you know, said again about the room started spinning. It was like the windows were turning into these bright colors. And he said, Carol, obviously you had a panic attack, but like I could give you medicine or you could try to figure out what you're supposed to learn here. Mm. And I'm like, by that time I'm just weeping, like really messy, noisy crying. And he said, do you know what this is about? I said, nobody knows me. So when I went to college, I vowed that I was gonna put the things that happened to me when I was a child, just far, far away in a box that I was never gonna open again. I was gonna start over. I was gonna start over in college. And nobody knows that, that Carol in the box. And uh, he said, well, do you wanna to talk to me about it? And I said, no, it's like really safe, far away there. I don't wanna know, I don't wanna open it. And he said, okay, I have another idea. 
you're a teacher, you're a, you're a writer, you're an innovator, I invite you to go back into that box. That box happened a long time ago. Those, those, those things that, that you're crying about and shaking about are not here in this room. I want you to go back into that box like you're the narrator of a 19th century novel. You're not, you're not Carol the character, you're Carol the narrator. Hmm. And you can see why you did what you did and you can see why everybody else did what they did. And you can decide what you want to do with it in the present. But it's not in the present until you put it there, the way you want it in adult life. And then he paused and then he kind of winked in this way that my father used to wink when he was about to say something like really important. Um, <laughs> he said, and once you figure that out for yourself, I want you to teach it to other people. You could help a lot of people if you figure that out. Wow. Wow. And that's how it all began. And that's what well, that's one, of, that's one of three things. The second thing is I go back to my office and my boss has an assignment for me. And Ann Kirshner, the dean of Macaulay Honors College, has an assignment that requires that I learn storytelling to teach it to our students to help them get better jobs. And then, yes, yes, it's crazy. And then two days later, two days later, I had this waking dream of like students in New York and students in Shanghai. This is 2008, so it wasn't technologically possible. Like it seems obvious now, but it wasn't possible then. They're talking to one another on their phones. The kids in China are speaking Mandarin. The kids in New York are speaking English. And the, the phones are translating. And mm -hmm. the, there's this like invisible umbrella of storytelling that allows them to communicate and they're laughing and they're happy on opposite sides of the world, telling stories. And that was really the kicker because I went out to the kitchen and my son was there and I said, I had this crazy dream. I'm having all this storytelling stuff going on. And you know, my, my son's just very calm and reasonable on all occasions. <laughs> and he said, well, maybe you should start a company and do that, mom. <laughs> and then he said, yes. and then he said, you could help a lot of people. And I love to help people. I live to help people. Yes, so um, that's when I started studying storytelling. I mean, I just, you know, I have a PhD in English literature and I studied uh, 17th, early 17th century women writers, you know, like women poets out every which one I could find. It's like, oh my God, there's something else I can learn. Like I learned things. I'm just going to dive into neuroscience and get it. And, you know, it also involved getting to know that Carol in the box, you know, just being comfortable with things that I needed, you know, I, I'd grown up enough that it was time to be comfortable with those things and make them just part of who I am in the present. My friend was right about that for sure. Carol, this is amazing. It's, uh, I loved, I, I wrote down, you know, Mark and I, if you ever see us looking down anybody, we're all, we're just constant note takers. And like, we have to absorb what, you know, when we hear somebody and we hear the story, we're absorbing it, but we're pulling nuggets. And when you said that, you know, to be, to be, you know, your therapist said to be the Carol, the narrator, I was like, oh my gosh, it's such a brilliant idea. It's, it's such a brilliant idea to pull yourself. Don't be a character in your story, but pull yourself and be the narrator. So 
I mean, I love that the universe brought you all these pieces, like what, within a couple of days time of like, you should be doing this. And, you know, one of the things that Mark and I talk about a lot, um, especially when people are giving TED Talks, we kind of have this, this three, I came up with this three qualification questions, right? Mm -hmm. The first question is, why is your idea exceptional? How is this an exceptional idea? The second question is, why are you the best person to talk about this idea? People can have a great idea and you might not be the right person to talk about it, right? And then finally, how will the idea, you know, how will this idea change um, the lives of other people? And I think in your story, everything was super evident that you were the right person to be doing. You were definitely the right person to be doing this. Um, the idea is exceptional. Uh, we don't use story in the way, and that's what I want to talk to you a little bit more about. We don't use story in the way, there's two, two, or there's many ways to tell stories, but there's this one way, right, that's really matter of fact. I'm a news reporter, I'm just, I'm telling you a story, but I'm just telling you what happened, as opposed to getting back in there and reliving it and being a little bit deeper into the story, right? So, yeah, it's it's a balance between facts, you know, things that happened in the world with other people. Like th that's the foundation. That's the, those are the building blocks of great stories is what happened. Like what did it smell like? What, yeah. you know, was she wearing a silk dress or a woolen dress? Did she make the dress herself? You know, what color was it? Was she wearing socks or not with her saddle shoes? You know, just those details. I mean, saddle shoes that tells you like my yeah. world in high school, right? The yeah. cheerleaders wore, so, wore, wore saddle shoes. Um, and I did too, though I wasn't a cheerleader. But um, so there's this very, you know, the elements of story are, are things that happen in the world with other people. But there's also this, um, you know, the practice of storytelling. People who write every day, who do this narrating every day, they live longer they suffer less depression and less dementia than people who don't write. So there's the evidence for it's good for you. Mm -hmm. Now, why mm. is it, why is it that you live longer and more joyfully with, with the steroids, with stories, right? Why is it? It's, it's like steroids. Like it just, it like wakes you up. It wakes yeah. you up to the things that are really there. And yeah. when you, when you do that in the present, you get comfortable doing it with the past. And when you do it in the past, you get comfortable doing it in the present. And then in any moment, this is the big, so what? Like, this is the thing that if I figure out how to get, if I figure out how to get this to millions of people, we'll real, there'll be a huge breakthrough. Mm. When, once you get, you know, years of practicing like meditation or prayer, right? It's a daily practice. Once you do that in any situation, you see multiple points of view. Mm. And that's just a tremendous gift. It's just a mm. tremendous gift to have, you know, well, Mark said that. And then there's all sorts of questions. Mark, when you said that, were you thinking this or were you thinking that? And does that come from this? You know, and so there's a lot of Marks in the room and there's a lot of Kathy's <laughs> in the room and a lot of Carol's in the room. Yes. And then somebody says something and it shifts and then there's other possibilities, but it's this really just dynamic way of being with the world as it actually is. And I think people, mm. there, there are many ways, you know, many kind of therapies for getting comfortable with yourself, but that just like being comfortable with the complexities of multiple people at once. I, I really believe, I deeply believe the last four years have shown me 
I, I always thought it was true, but now I've seen that if we're going to heal, if we're going to repair, we just need to understand like how we got here and how the people who are perpetrators got here and the people who are victims got here and how we all are in this dance, which is bad for everybody the way it is. Yes, it's worse for some people than others. I'm not, you know, being Pollyanna about violence. Um, but, you know, they say in Germany that the descendants of the victims and the perpetrators of the, the Nazi atrocities, that the, the descendants have the same mental consequences, the same emotional consequences, whatever side they were on. And who even knows, you know, in a moment, what another human being is gonna do to save their own life or the life of people they love? Like who even knows, right? We don't know until we're there. We yeah. just don't know. We hope we're gonna do the right things. And yeah. so, but it's hard to believe that. Like we're very attached. We're very attached to, no, I'm gonna control those other people or those people controlled me. They hurt me, he hurt me. Like we're just very attached to those things. And the so, when I'm talking about storytelling, I'm talking about getting detached enough that you can imagine a different story going forward. You mean getting, a de getting detached from your own story so that you can understand other people's stories? Yes. Yeah. I do. I do. This, Carol, okay, I have to put on my, I'm going to put on my TED organizer hat for a second, right? Go like, for it. Go for it. Like sometimes I'm in the coach spot and then other times I'm like, Hey, I'm, we're looking for a speaker and we're, we're trying to, to see ideas. And then we hear somebody say an idea. And at first glance, we might hear an idea and go, Oh, you're going to talk about storytelling. Yeah. There's 9,000, there's 9,000 talks on storytelling alone. Um, and Carol, it's all it, like, for me, it would be like the thing that stood out that I would go, wow, I really need to position. This is a really good positioned idea is that storytelling is about understanding multiple views and not you as the character. It's, it's being able to decenter out of yourself and to, and to pop into somebody else's reality for a second. And that's something that I don't think a lot of people really talk about storytelling from. It's, it's a unique angle and you tie it, the universality of it is that you tie it back to anything in our life, which is awesome because, you know, there's always people that are like, eh, I don't need storytelling. I do this, you know, this is my job. Or you're like, nope, if you're a human being and you're talking to other human beings, you need storytelling. But what well, do you your think, brain, Mark? Your brain is searching all the time for stories. Yes. Like the yeah. brain, you know, storytelling evolved at, you know, the edge between tribe and other. Storytelling yeah. evolved to help us navigate between what we know and what we don't know. So we need storytelling for learning and we need storytelling for community. Yeah, and for living, Ooh. I mean, it's, it's good. I gotta tell you, I'm fired up, right? Because that word detach, and this is why I asked you this question, because you just said something I haven't heard. We are often looking and like you said, we're always searching for stories. The brain is always searching for stories. But I feel as a human culture, 
there's this pressure to tell our story, to understand mm. ourselves, so we can tell other yep. people about who we are, and we become center stage, and we are the main yep. character. And hell, we're the narrator, narrator, we're the first person, the third person, <laughs> and the second person. Just try to get to understand me. Can you yep. understand me? But you said something different. Yeah, Mark. You said detach yeah. yourself from the story so that you can learn other people's stories. Yeah. And so that, it, 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 that, that's powerful, that's this so idea powerful. that we should become searchers for other people's stories so that we mm. can understand mm -hmm. ultimately what are the commonalities that you're talking about and, and not in these different tribes, but in this multiple tribe. Wow, yes. that's deep, that's and deep. Yes. And it's not even, it's, uh, and if you break that up, Mark, that was amazing. Like, I love that. You're like, I love the term that you just said too. You said searchers of other people's stories, but it made me even think about what Carol said too. Carol was talking about looking at all the characters in the story. And so sometimes we label people with stories, right? We say, oh, that's your story. If you, if this happened to you when you were a kid, that's your story. No, it isn't. I'm a character. I'm a human being. And so I think it is stories, but isn't it characters as well, Carol? It's like, how does it that is. person show up a hundred percent? Yes. Yes, exactly. And you know, every time the three of us will walk away from this story and what this event, and we'll all tell different stories. And I'll tell it to my husband one way, and I'll tell it to my kids another way. I'll tell it to story two team a third way, because the audience is always there. And you're, you're always telling a story, you know, well, with the intention of connecting with an audience in some way. And that, um, like, that's how stories persuade. That's why stories are so key to great marketing, you know, and that's why stories can be manipulated to take advantage of people. It's, you know, it's, it's a great um, power to mm -hmm. be able to, to be on your story game enough to know that a certain person will respond to a certain thing because they have that in common with you. Like if you do no, your research... No, 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 go ahead. And then I got something for you. Go for it. When you do your so, research. <laughs> so the thing is, like I live to suspend my story and listen to other people's stories. Mm. But to get there, they have to know me well enough that I can then put me aside. Because otherwise I'm not showing up as Carol. And I'm, you know, I'm a quirky, nerdy, like kind of girl. Amazing, beautiful woman. <laughs> Thank yes. You. Right. yes. Thank you. All these things. But but you know, it's really um and then I just like I can tell almost any any story and then I just like take myself off the stage and ask questions so I get to know them. Mm. And it's it's um I don't know, it's just really it's the, I mean the number of people stories that I have, you know? I mean, I really, and one of my rules of engagement is I don't tell other people's stories. So I've got, I just have a lot of them. I, my grandmother used to say about things that were bigger than you could understand. You have to take them in, Carol. It'll take, and I feel like I've, I've just been taking in all of these amazing stories from all of these really amazing people and mostly young people, you know, mostly people moving, crossing the bridge from high school to college or college to work. 
the 250,000 people has a few CEOs and a few salespeople and a few marketers, but it's mostly like young people launching their lives. Mm. And Carol, I, Carol, go Mark, hold go on, Mark. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> because I know a little bit about Miss Carol and I, and I know that there is something even deeper here that I want to expose. But first, Carol, I, we're, we're writing down a whole bunch of notes, but this is a line that you just said that whether it's in a TED talk, a book, a movie, whatever it may be. T-shirt. A T-shirt. <laughs> I live to suspend my story to listen to other people's stories. I, I love the flow of that line. That is beautiful. You, as, as a former Thank student you. once said to me, when, when, when I was directing a school play and I was about to take this one part out, she said, Mr. Williams, leave it in there. Leave that in there. Make sure it's in there. But here's the other thing. And, and, and Kathy, you don't know this about Carol yet. Carol just mentioned a tool, and she didn't really go deep into it, a tool for people to then listen to other people's stories. Yeah. And it's the questions. And I've been in, in, in storyhood groups. Carol runs this story. It's a magnificent idea of gathering a group of people over the course of several weeks to not only tell their stories, but to shape their stories through learning the science and the craft of storytelling. It's a genius idea. She's got ideas dropping all the time. And one of the things that really stands out to me about this storyhood circle are the questions that she prompts people to ask others to pull out details. Mm. And that is something that people don't often do because again, we're often so much into our own story and we're thinking about what we're telling that we don't work on the craft of asking the right questions to pull out the details so that people are not just telling us, well, I'm an African-American male who works in this field. I have a wife and three kids and we just give the facts, but it's those details. And, 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 and Cal, I've got to ask you to explain what those questions are and why you leave out the <laughs> why question. Because the way we're, I'm, I'm an English teacher, right? I'm an English teacher by training. Oh, and no, I love, I love, I, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but the way we're taught to speak and write in school is just fundamentally flawed. It's interpretation driven. It uses only a teeny part of our brain a part of our brain that's separate from the, the emotional and empathy, compassion, the human, the most human and humane parts of our brain are not the parts that drive interpretation. Mm. And so we have to silence that interpretation engine to, uh, to open up the creative capacity that comes from asking who, what, where, when, how, and not why, because the answer to why is just more interpretations. And the reason that's the thing you want to ask first is because you've been trained in it your whole life. Mm -hmm. And if you've been in therapy, you've been super trained in it. Because <laughs> most, most therapies are about why. Yeah. Why, why did, you know, why, 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 why? And you can just get, you know, like Mark says, you just get so trained in your own why. 
Yeah. Who cares? Like, who even cares? Like, why you did something 20 years ago? It's like, well, what am I going to do tomorrow mm. after I have this amazing conversation with Kathy and Mark? Yeah. You know, like, like there's something I'm going to do differently because you guys influenced me. In, you know, influence is like inflowing. I took in your ideas. I took in your humanity. And then, then I'm different. Well, Carol, do you know what I love about removing the why as well? You just like, you blew my mind. And I think about these things all the time. Of course, the space that I'm in, I'm, I'm thinking about this. But um, when you add a why, you're, because it's very interpretive, depending on when you ask it, you, you'll have a different answer. You may be settled with something. You might say, oh, I did something when I was a kid. And you might have a different understanding now than you did before. And so you spend a lot of emotional turmoil trying to figure that out, trying to figure out the why for no reason. So I love the avoidance of that. Like that's a brilliant, that's a brilliant technique right there is just to get into the character pieces, build the story. Don't try to say why, but figure out all the other aspects. Again, it's another way that you're digging in and you're saying, hey, I want to see all the other characters' perspectives and space. And I want to see the other, you know, you, you want to see all the other details as well. So I love that. You just... I think you're taking story and you're turning it inside out. Cause like Mark said, it's always like me center stage. This is what I'm doing. I'm main character. Everybody else around me is not main character. And if you happen to be in my story or in my book or in my life, you're a part of my story. What if I flipped it and said, I am your story or I am a part of your story. What if it's just that wording of that? It's like everybody else views it that I'm a part of your story. I'm a part of Mark's story. Like I'm, and not like, and the, normally the way we would say it is Mark is a part of my journey. Mark's a great friend. I love him so much. I love his family. He's a huge part of my life and my story. Everything's me, 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 me. What if it's the other way around? I'm blessed yeah. to be a part of Mark's journey and know Mark's family and, and understand where he grew up and, and to hear about his beautiful mom and his family. I mean, like that's a totally different perspective. You got that because he told you stories about those people. You've yeah. probably never met them. You no, know I have, them Well, some him. of them I have. Some of them I haven't. <laughs> but not yeah. mom, right? But I did not mom. meet your mom. And, and I do, you're right. right. I feel like I know your mom. And I feel like I, 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 actually, it'll make me cry a little bit. But I, you know, because Mark has such a great relationship with his mom. And, and I, I feel it right now. I can feel that love that Mark has for his mom. I get a Mother's Day text from Mark every single year. And Isn't I know it I'm not amazing. Only, I know I'm not the only I made it, I made it onto the text this year. I felt <laughs> yes, like I had arrived. <laughs> Oh, I love it. But Mark takes that moment. And you're right, Carol, like if we just take that story for a second, you know, Mark, his love and appreciation for his mom, uh, it, it fulfills everybody else. I mean, he brings that back in, in, to everybody that he knows. And so you're right. I understand Mark's upbringing and his relationship with his mom through stories he's told. It's so beautiful. I love this, Carol. It's amazing. He makes her present. Yeah. Like that's, that's the really, the, the joyous, you know, joyful gift of stories is you can just bring people into the room who aren't there, you know? Yeah. So, so what I'm, what I'm also hearing Carol is that it sounds like what you're trying to get people to do is ultimately to change the way that we interact and even have conversations. Right. Um, because I think of, you know, whether it be networking, whether it be 
family reunions, what have you, whether it be dating, whether it be the first day on the job, everybody is so nervous about what everybody's going to think about me and what should I say. And ultimately, you're trying to get us to turn that around because it's about connecting with people. I thought of this thing um, when, when, when you were speaking about this great idea. The better way to get people to connect is not by getting to know someone else. It's by getting to know someone else's story. Mm -hmm. All right. We are yeah. so much, I, go ahead. Stories, because you know, we all have an infinite number of stories. Yep. And sometimes we just get in the habit of telling a few of them because mm -hmm. we know the mm. response they're going to get. We know the power they give us. You know, part of why, um, you know, part of what I love about Storyhood, our Thursday morning storytelling circle, is I like ask people to tell different stories every week. So by the end of the eight weeks, a person has eight new stories, eight stories mm -hmm. they don't tell all the time. I mean, you can decide what you want to do with them, but like that's a gift to yourself. Like that's, I, when, when COVID hit, there were two things I knew for sure. I didn't, I knew them because I asked my, you know, my friends and my colleagues and, you know, almost everyone said, just open up a space. Mark, you said this to me, open up a space for people to tell stories. People are going to need to tell stories about this time. None of us have lived through anything like this before. We need a space. So I just, I did right, like right away this Thursday morning and it's evolved. Um, and so, but the, I interrupted you because I, I prefer stories to story because yeah. we all have a lot of them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Ooh. I, I love the plural of that. I love the plural of that because I think about that also. People often say, so, so Kathy, so what's your story? Yeah. Right? yeah and we yeah. often do put it in the singular English teacher here. Right? But yeah. the idea <laughs> is to put it into the plural and to Told push you. people to think about the multiple stories that they have. Oh. Yeah. 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 And you know, when people ask me that it aggravates me and now I understand why <laughs> it aggravates me because uh, you know, I never really thought about it, but when somebody says, what's your story, it's almost offensive. It's like, you want me to, you, I don't know you and you want me to tell you my story. Like what, what, like, what does that mean? Like that I, I grew up in LA or I was born in Chicago or, or that now I'm a Ted coach or that I play soccer or that I have kids or that like, wh what's my story? What? Yeah. If I had to pick one, which one is it? It's the, it isn't my story. It's my story. So I, I do. I love that Carol. I have a quick technical question for you just because, you know, in, in what Mark and I do, um, of course I ask everybody to keep a story file. And I always think like, I started really doing it seriously, like five years ago where I was like, I keep it on Evernote and then every time something comes up or I hear something that I want to jot down, I just jot down a, a few, you know, like a few words or something just so that it will jot my memory. But I'm just curious, like what, how, what you do with people in, in that space. And I always tell people, which you've already alluded to this, it's awesome. I'm like, don't qualify it. Don't try to give it an angle yet. Just put down a couple things because yeah. later you can use it in different just ways. Just get it out. Just get, yeah, it, just out. get it out. Yeah. So... Uh, on our um, writing platform, the mm -hmm. Story Builder platform, there's a component that's called Daily Story, 
which has uh, a daily writing prompt for people who just like something to respond to, or you can just free write. And so that, you know, you can open that up on your phone anytime. You can tell your story out loud. Like not everybody likes to write, you know, I'm like, just so just walk around and talk into your phone and then save it <laughs> on, you know, I, uh, I'm like always happy when someone wants to do a phone call because I can walk and talk at the same time. <laughs> yes, yes, me too. <laughs> so, um, so part of that is just connecting people with, um, you know, just with the power of their own spoken voice. And, you're, and, and if you, you record it and listen to it, you hear what other people hear. Yeah. That, that just like opens up all sorts of possibilities. And you're helping them build that muscle, right, Carol? I mean, you kind of said that before. It's like you're building the muscle of like looking for the stories, being able to kind of pull them out. Because if you don't, if you don't think about it, you don't realize all the gold mines that you have in stories. And, and, and until you really get yourself in that mind frame where you're like looking for stories and you're like, oh yeah, I do. I remember that day I went to school and I forgot my shoes and I didn't want to tell my mom. So I walked around school all day in socks. Mm -hmm. Like, like that really happened. And it, like, it, it seems like it has no relevance, but you don't like, you don't, it doesn't matter. You like, you jot it down, you, you grab it. And, and, you know, for me, at least when the way I kind of go through my stories is then I can kind of pull that out and go, oh, I, I now can attach some meaning to that, you know? So I love that. So Carol, let me, let's, let's go. Okay. I'm sure everybody listening right now is just like, like so many great things about stories. And I, and I hope, and this is always what you hope, right? You want to reach millions and millions of people. You want everybody to think about their lives, not only from their stories, perspective. I said plural, Mark. Yes, 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 yes. Kathy, non-English yes. teacher for anybody watching. I'm the <laughs> non-English teacher. Okay. And so, <laughs> um, but you want them to pull their stories, but you also want them to look for other stories, right? And, and mm -hmm. see who they are and see this perspective. So let's talk a little bit about how, and Carol, I, I don't know why you haven't given a TED talk yet. Let's make this happen. Let's make that happen. <laughs> I'm putting this out there. And to any of my friends that are yes. TED organizers, yes. Carol's amazing. Let's talk about this right now. This is what we're doing. This is going to become a, Whoever you a are, I'm here. <laughs> She's here. Here she is. Um, no, we're, this is going to be a TED talk, Carol. It's going to be, it's, it's not if it's when, so let's, let's yeah. talk about it. Let's, right. let's do that thing that we do sometimes with our clients. We're going, we go, okay, cool. You ready? You want to make this a TED talk? Let's mm -hmm. do this. So let's, let's break down. Let's keep, let's go a little bit deeper right now. And let's talk about that. Let's, mm -hmm. what is the main idea? Let's just say, if you were to just give this idea in, in you were to wrap it up, we've talked about a couple of things. I even, I, Mark, you regurgitated some things. I regurgitated mm -hmm. my story, my story. What did I say? I said something like my story. I can't, t I can't live my story until I know yours or something like that. My story is right. your story. That's kind of the Ubuntu way too, right? I can't be human without you. We're, we're, we can only be human mm. together. So oh, yes. Yes. It's, it's kind of cool that there's a parallel to that as well. Um, but let's talk about how we would position it in a way that people haven't said it. And I, and, and Mark hit it. Like, I don't think a lot of people talk about the other stories or the other characters. So I think there's, there's like three parts of the neuroscience of storytelling. Content is the one that most people think of. It's like, what, what did you do? What happened to you? What yeah. do you remember? You know, and, and that is 
I would say the first idea people have about story or storytelling. And they identify it with childhood and things like fairy tales and things that they don't respect very much. <laughs> it's, it's kid stuff, right? Then, then people learn that if you use the structure of storytelling, that if you align your communication with the way the brain likes to digest communication, you'll be a lot more effective communicator. And anybody who's in any business that requires any amount of persuasion or sales or anything, you know, uh, recruitment, training, anything, teaching, will be really happy to have those tools that enable you to structure your communication with storytelling. Because it's easier than anything you've ever been taught and it always works. The yeah. other person just waiting for you to use it. They're okay, yeah. bring please, it on. Please, please. <laughs> but the third thing, the thing that's really juicy and that the thing that over time has become more and more powerful to me, right? I'm 12 years into daily storytelling, you know, writing mm. every single day, first thing in the morning, I meditate and then I write and then I do whatever else. And that daily storytelling, the practice of storytelling, right? So there's the content, the structure, and then the practice. Mm. Why the word practice? Because it's like meditation or prayer. It's like a daily yoga, a daily discipline that over time, it changes you. It changes you at a cellular level. It changes the way your neurons fire. It, it, it changes the way you relate to things in your own life and in other people's lives. You know, if, if somebody, you know, there was a time when somebody would walk up to me on the street and I'd be afraid. And now mm. it's like, somebody walks up to me on the street. I'm like, what is this, per what are we supposed to do together today? Like, mm. what does this interaction mean for this person and me and the world? I'm like, not scared. I'm not, I'm, I'm like not scared of anything. You'd have to, I mean, yes, I'm scared of the president, but I'm not scared of, he'd have to, he'd have to actually kill me. He'd have to actually Spiders kill me. Fighters and the president. That's the only thing. Yeah. But, you know, um, just this changing the way that I interact with the daily life. And like, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's really a big deal. Imagine if we could unleash that for millions of people. You don't have to be afraid. Just like the person who's showing up is another human being and you guys will figure it out. Mm, so powerful. And yeah, so and th that's I was gonna say, this yeah. practice, this practice of storytelling, getting rid of the why, getting rid of the interpretation and replacing it with, well, what's right in front of me now? And when I was dealing with the stuff in that box, right? When I was going back into trauma, you know, things that happened to me as a child that should never happen to another human being. Nobody, like just nobody should experience that. And part of how the storytelling enabled me to be at rest with that stuff, it wasn't easy and I'm very privileged. And for a couple of years, I had three therapists at once. It was not easy, I just wanna say. And I, I'm extremely lucky that I had like just a lot of help. But over time, I came to see 
that the people who did those things to me were hurt in ways that I, I couldn't understand at the time. Mm -hmm. And that for whatever reason, this, I was rescued from that situation, which I couldn't control by a, a set of brain activities that were already telling stories. Like I was protecting my brain for later when I was old enough to understand what was going on. I had some intuitive sense of, of what was coming down the road, right? And so these, these threads of connection, these threads of healing, I'm really interested, my, my book about storytelling as practice is called The Golden Repair. It's from this idea in Japanese art you know, something that you love, a beautiful work of, of a vessel shatters and you repair it with gold. You highlight the places where it's broken and it becomes more beautiful by highlighting those breaks. And wow. so I think that is, that's the type of leadership we need. You know, we need people who can step up and say, you know, this happened to me and I have this soft spot and I, I get you because of that, but I also get that I don't get you because I haven't walked in your shoes. Like it's just this delicate, but there, the, the 12 years into daily storytelling, I see how one can be at ease with things that aren't okay to be at ease with. Like things that we, we want to eliminate. We don't want those things to happen to people. And, and but I, I've come to see how the things that happened to me enabled me to see multiple points of view at the same time. That was how I survived. I went up here. I was always the narrator. I watched myself. That's how I survived was watching. I love that, Carol. I really, really love Carol, that. Carol, did you hear, as you collected stories over the course of your lifetime, did you start to hear stories that were similar to yours um, or maybe not similar to yours? And how did hearing those stories, whether they were similar or different, help to repair you? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I really, I've seen how many young people have really suffered. You know, somebody gets to age 16 or 17, they're not even officially an adult. And the things that have been done to them, you know, by their schools, by their families sometimes, by their neighborhoods, by um, their parents' addictions, and, you know, like so many, so many things. Um, and I've also seen how many young people at that age, 16 or 17, have a sense of purpose because of what they experienced yeah. or what they saw happen to someone else and they were gonna be the one who, who changed it and made a difference. And I come from a family with a lot, of, a lot of violence and a lot of big moods. And it's not like I ever made a conscious decision about this, but over time, I've just laid a lot of that stuff to rest because it's not going to go from me to the next generation. Mm. Like it's, it's, I'm going to be the one who puts a pause on that kind of stuff. Mm. And we all have that, but you can't, you can't pause anything 
unless you can watch and make choices. Hmm. You Love can't that. pause anything until you watch and make choices. Write that down, Carol, write that down. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're taking notes. I hope I get them back. <laughs> you guys are great interviewers, great listeners. <laughs> Well, wait, we're recording it so everybody will hear this. No, this is this is what's awesome too, Carol. I, we, this is another reason we appreciate you being on the show because obviously you already have some of the people when they come to us, they don't have a very well thought out idea. You've been living this. This is, this is you, you've been living it. So your, your articulation of everything is beautiful and all the nuggets that you're dropping um, are great. I, I think too, your biggest problem is your biggest asset, which is you have so much. And so um, I think in order to reach a huge audience, you have to find that one entryway. What's the entry door where people are going to step into your world um, to want to keep going up this ladder of all the things that you say? I mean, you wrote down, down things. I live in the storytelling world and I'm like, I should probably do a daily storytelling. That's amazing. I, like, oh, I wrote it down. I was like, I was like, I have my story file, and there's over, you know, there's over, I have over a thousand stories that I've captured. But like, I don't, I don't keep the daily lesson. I don't do that every day. Mm. Um, so there's so many things that I think you that you're saying that are like second, third level. But how do we introduce this idea in a way that people just go, yes? I mean, I think that's the beauty of why people are attached to TED Talks. In an 18-minute time, you've given enough. You've given enough depth and width to the idea that people go, "Yes, I see how it applies to everybody. I see how it applies in a deep way." But it didn't give you so much that you were like, "Ah, I can't." Like, so how do we? That I think that's our big. Challenge. I think you're right. Do you know the the um? Do you know the book Loving What Is? Byron Katie. So she Byron Katie has has this practice which she calls the work, which mm -hmm. is basically just to interrogate everything, you know, all of your thoughts, which is mm -hmm. all of your interpretations, right? And are they true? No, most of them aren't true. They're just stuff you made up about yourself and other people. Um, and just this process of interrogation till you get back to just what is. And I I really think I, I read that book just a couple just last week. I'm still not done, in fact. And I think that what I'm trying to do is the work for groups. Because mm -hmm. it's really interesting mm -hmm. what happens to one person. But what happens in that group of eight people who come once a week on Thursday morning, and all we're doing is suspending why. All we're doing is helping the person tell, like, excavate more of their story and understand more of their story from how it felt at the time and how it feels now and where it might go in the future. You know, a story, story you tell to yourself is like not a story, but a story you tell to another person is a bridge from your past to your future like with that person. Yep. Yep. And so um, this practice of just letting go of the interpretations and going back to just the fundamental details of what happened, uh, it's very liberating. That, That's why people so, live longer. It's like it's they just, so they're not carrying around all these bags of old rocks. Oh my gosh, it's so heavy to carry, it's so much. Right? Um, 
Yes, right? it's a lot. It's a lot, Carol. I love, I love, 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 you know, when you talked about the box and, you know, you, you kind of carefully took your story about what happened to you and you put it in a box and you put it away. Um, and then the way that you dealt with it was being Carol, the narrator. I, I, you don't know how much, you don't know how beautiful that simple thought is. Just that simple idea that I think people can understand that shows you, because that's a change of perspective. Because now if I have to talk about somebody else in this story, I have to, I have to now wonder what, what's going on with that person. Why did they do what they did? What was going on with them in that moment that we, you know, interacted? And I, I personally think, I don't know what you think, Mark, but I personally think that's a, that's a very, it's simple and the best ideas are simple, but it's unique. And it's, and it's not, Carol has so much more, like there's so much mm -hmm. more to what she's saying. In fact, a lot of depth. in fact, there was something that she said last time we talked that I loved is like all stories are like three parts and Carol, you can talk on this in a second, but it's like memories, emotions, and a desire to act, right? You brought this. So you even have like this great formula that even that's in the story itself or the content or the structure. Mm -hmm. But I think the, the, the opening to this door is being able to tell a story as a narrator, as opposed to the main character. Mm, that's what I, that's mm. what I cling on to the most that I mm. love. And I don't so think Kathy, a lot of people- just, just to push it a little, but you don't want to be so much the narrator that you're not feeling it when you're telling mm. it. Yeah. Because yeah. You, want, you want to bring your humanity. Like, yeah. you know, when it gets so, you know, um, Love John Lewis, wish I'd met him. But his story was a script. Like every single time he told it, the words were exactly the same. And I don't blame him for not wanting to go back to that bridge and get beaten again. You know, like yeah. we saw it, we saw it again and again, the trench yeah. coat and the, yeah. um, but I would call that a script, not a story. Like that was, a, that was yeah. told exactly the way it was told for a very specific and crucial and important purpose. But that's not what I mean by story. You know, story was like, mm -hmm. what did it feel right before they started attacking you? Can you remember that? Yeah. And, you know, that it's, it's really a delicate balance. I once worked with a student who went in the space of like half an hour sitting on my back porch, back to the most traumatic things that had happened to him as a child. And it just shattered his like relationship to reality for quite some time. And that afternoon, I said, like just to this kid's mom, that there's this balance there's this balance and I need to learn to just like never go one step too far with, I just need to stop one step before I do that again. I didn't mean to do that, but the impact was, it wasn't my intention, but it was what happened is, is his memories. He wasn't ready to, he didn't have three therapists. And he didn't have all this stuff, like all the scaffolding to get through. And so there's two things. One is like in our storytelling circles, we insist that there's nothing wrong. Like nobody's in the group is going to fix anybody else. Mm -hmm. You're not broken. You know, there's nothing wrong. But if you know you need help, you should go, you know, but, but you're going to deal with that. We're not going to deal with that. We're not going to fix you. Nothing's wrong. But also, you know, this idea of story that we're talking about, 
is always a balance between vulnerable and safe. It's like, a, it's like a seesaw and getting it right. It's not like you show up and, and I say practice, not performance mm -hmm. because it's all, you're all, you know, you're, you're balancing it all the time. Like how deep should I go today? You know, I, there's, there's versions of my story. I would never tell to bankers in a bank. <laughs> it, just, it would just it would not be a right, good idea. Right. I tried once and it failed miserably. Um, women, women bankers are still bankers. Um, but, <laughs> at least at the bank, right? <laughs> Maybe oh, not the bank. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Wow. My, actually, no, I, my, yeah. So, so no. this, I think this balance, Kathy, this balance and the daily practice allows you to achieve the right balance for you. Yeah. Like in, in action, in daily life, you just, you're able to, you know, give each person what they can handle and yeah, help, help the them habit. handle in themselves, help them handle in themselves what they can handle. I love the habit of the daily practice of oh, writing stories. 100%. I love the habit of creating multiple stories. I, I, as you were talking, I just kind of heard this, this term come in my head. It was stop telling your story. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Which is almost like the, that would be a great, that would be a great title for a Ted talk too. stop telling your story. Cause right. it's such an anti really like it really would. It's like a showstopper. And then you get, you know, it, I literally would attract the, the attention, but then when people heard it, they would realize why, like why, what, the, yeah. what does that actually mean? I love that. I mean, I love that. Cause it's that. actually a double meaning, right? Yeah, it it's is. Stop telling your story singular. It's yeah. stop telling your story so that you can hear other stories. Because here's what I heard in Carol. There's one last question I want to ask you. Um, but first I wanted to say this. What resonates with me is that although this is wrapped up in the envelope of storytelling and storytelling is often attached to entertaining or informing or educating, what you're really talking about is repairing. Mm. The golden you know, repair. Uh, when, yeah, the, the golden repair, you also said, we're not fixing, we're bridging. You said yeah. uh, um, the threads of connection. I, I, I love that. And the whole idea that when you share a story with someone else, you are connecting the past and the present with that somebody else. And even as you started today without the story is what helped to repair you but now you're not only talking about repairing yourself as an individual you're also and i'm going to use this word that you used earlier you're talking about repairing humanity mm. and so yes we all talk kathy said this earlier we all talk and we all hear people talk about storytelling but you're talking about repairing yeah. using mm. storytelling. You're talking about repairing the individual through using storytelling. You're talking about repairing humanity through using storytelling mm. and telling multiple stories and writing stories every day. And you've already got the nuggets and the secrets and, and the different habits. So for me, that's what resonates. I need to tell more stories. I need to ask people those kind of questions that don't interpret Mm -hmm. what was said, but 
fishes for more details mm. so that when I understand what your story is, I feel a deeper connection to you, even if my story is different. So I would encourage you to really think about the repairing, right? But that's what I encourage. And Kathy told you what, you know, what resonated with her. I think what we'd like to end off with is asking you, out of everything we discussed today and all the, 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 the brilliant ideas and the way you really shifted our perspective on storytelling, what was the biggest takeaway for you today? That I could probably do a TED Talk tomorrow. Yes. And that, I, and that I would love, I would love, I would love to have a bigger audience. You know, mm. I am um, part of the outcome of like, I'm just really, you know, I, I'm 60 years old and I've just come into my own. Like I've just really, I just started to see how things that didn't make sense at all at the time are like just all connected in the path that got me here. Like I remember when I called Mark and like, like sat and waited to see him after his meetings were over and he told me, like you have too many things open on your computer, shut those windows down, <laughs> and, <laughs> right? I remember and that. you know, I just, I'm, I'm like just so ready. I'm, this, this is not at all about me. Like I'm just the channel through which this thing the world needs gets to the world. I'm very clear that it's not about me. Like my stories are interesting, but that's not, that's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to open up people to this, this reality of multiple perspectives are alive and happening in every single moment. Yeah. And if you just like, don't worry about your own stories so much and make room for other people, it, that is the repair. That is the repair. Mm, I love that. Suspend your story to repair humanity. I love it. We keep, I love how on the fly we're like, I, I love it. I love this. <laughs> I have like seven different titles for you. And, and oh, it's amazing. It is. It is. Carol, thank you so much for having this conversation. You, you always, you always take thank me to both. another level. Every conversation that we have. I tell you time and time again how much you inspire me. So I'm just going to say it again for everybody watching to know how much you inspire me. And I thank you for continuing to do that. I thank you for the conversation. And I'd like to ask you for everybody out there who is fascinated by these concepts of daily storytelling and engaging people with all of the questions except for why and story two and storyhood. How do people out there learn more about you? Uh, well, <laughs> the story two, story and the number two.com is the website. I think about me, just keep your eyes open for these threads of the golden repair as they get woven into the world, because that's what I'm working on. Oh, I love it. I know, I love it. I love it. This is so much fun. Thank you. This is so much fun. It's been absolutely fun for us too. And for anybody out there who's been watching, who wants to have fun like this and take your ideas to another level because you are a brilliant person who wants to drop ideas on the world, send an email out to markandkathy at gmail.com. I spell it M-A-R-C. She spells it C-A-T-H-E-Y because we're different, but you've got 
<laughs> we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to work with you. We'd love to coach you on dropping an idea. So thank you for joining us. It's about, it's about, it's about, it's about to go down. <laughs> thank you, Carol. <laughs> thank you, Carol. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.